It happens every year, and it's still tragic. Bear attacks, like the one in Yellowstone National Park two weekends ago, where a woman died after a rare grizzly attack. A hiker found the woman's body in a popular hiking and off-roading area. It was a serious injury earlier this summer. A 21-year-old tree planter attacked in northern British Columbia. In the Colorado Rockies, a 35-year-old sheep herder woke up when a bear was going after his flock at night. He fired his rifle, missed the bear. The bear charged after the man. Bitten in the head and hand, he managed to crawl away and radio out for help. Sometimes bear sightings are more lighthearted. The bear who climbed down from the Hollywood Hills and didn't want to leave frolicking in a Burbank swimming pool. For all that can happen to us, we need that spiritual hedge of protection, that refuge only the Lord provides. Ultimately, the Lord God is our fortress. Welcome to Haven Today, here on the very first day of August. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week, a series on hymns called How Great Thou Art. We've been thinking about great hymns of the faith for a few weeks now. Some of them are actually fairly new, like How Great Thou Art that we talked about yesterday. But today, we're going to go back to the 16th century. We're going to look at a hymn that's now 500 years old, and it was originally written in German. Ein Burg ist unser Gott, ein guter und Waffen. I'm sure you recognize the tune, even though most of us can't make out the words. That's Ein Feste Burg, or as we say in English, a mighty fortress. In a moment, we're going to hear a modern version of this hymn, as well as a traditional version in English with a mighty organ behind the choir. This hymn comes out of Psalm 46, proclaiming the mightiness of God. And it was written by someone we don't often think about writing music, the early reformer, Martin Luther. Stay with me as we think more about this hymn and its writer, Martin Luther. And we will also hear from author and pastor Robert Morgan again as he shares some of the unique history about how this hymn was written. After the program, I want to send you a copy of Rob's book called Then Sings My Soul. He shares the backstories of 150 hymns in his devotional book that include sheet music and lyrics so you can sing these great hymns. I believe Then Sings My Soul will help you sing the Lord's praises with a new sense of appreciation for who He is and what He has done in your life. So after the program, come visit our website, see the book for yourself, then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or you can call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And now let's open with Matt Boswell leading us in this great hymn of the Christian faith. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amidst the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. 
His craft and power are great And armed with cruel hate On earth is not His equal Did we in our own strength confide Our striving would be fortress is our God, a bulwark, never failing. Matt Boswell opening this haven today in a program called How Great Thou Art. He is a household name 
but not usually for hymn writing. He was one of the very first to put pen to paper in protest against the false teachings and injustices he saw in the church of his day, and he became known as the catalyst of the Protestant Reformation in the early 1500s. And, of course, I'm speaking of Martin Luther. He's famous for helping to turn the church in Europe back to worship and scripture. He was, first and foremost, a preacher. He was a theologian, and he was a pastor. He was even a monk before that. But that's not all he was. He wrote music as well. And with me once again is my friend Robert Morgan. We caught up with him in Oregon, where he was speaking to share the story of one of the most popular hymns written by Martin Luther himself. We think of Martin Luther as a great reformer, Bible translator, political leader, fiery preacher, and theologian. But he was also a musician, having been born in an area of Germany known for its music. In his village, young Martin grew up listening to his mother sing. He joined a boys' choir that sang at weddings and funerals. He became proficient with the flute, and his volcanic emotions often erupted into song. When the Protestant Reformation began, Luther determined to restore worship to the German church. He worked with skilled musicians to create new music for Christians to be sung in the vernacular. He helped revive congregational singing, and he wrote himself a number of hymns. In the foreword of a book, Luther once wrote, Next to the Word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. It controls our thoughts and minds, our hearts and spirits. He said, a person who does not regard music as a marvelous creation of God does not deserve to be called a human being. Luther's most famous hymn is Ein Festberg in Unstugut, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's based on Psalm 46. It reflects Luther's awareness of our intense struggle with the devil. In difficulty and in danger, Luther would often tell his friend, Philip Melanchthon, Come, Philip, and let us sing the 46th Psalm. This is a difficult psalm to translate because the original German is so vivid. At least 80 English translations are available. But the most popular in America was done by Frederick Henry Hodge. It says, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Typically, I only get to hear the music of Eugene Normandy and the mighty strings of the Philadelphia Orchestra at Christmas time. It's so nice to hear them again on an August 1st as they played Luther's hymn that Robert Morgan was just sharing with us. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris on a program called How Great Thou Art. Martin Luther was beset on all sides by opposition, not just theological opponents or opponents in the church. He faced political opposition, too. He was embroiled in controversy and disputes for most of his life. And Psalm 46 became a refuge for him, and it can be a refuge for us all. It opens with that iconic line, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, 
Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, God is our refuge and strength. Do you believe that on this August 1st? It's hard to believe sometimes. We aren't Martin Luther or someone at the front of monumental change in the history of the church, but we still face hardship and trouble every day, don't we? Psalm 46 was written by the sons of Korah. And if you know the story of Korah in the Bible, then you know his descendants understood fear and terror. Korah opposed Moses and Aaron and Miriam, and the consequences were severe. Numbers 26.10 tells us that the earth opened up and swallowed him and his followers. And yet witnessing that punishment from the Lord caused the sons of Korah to worship, to turn back to their God, and they wrote psalms. What a fitting line to begin with. God is our refuge and strength. That means we can hide in him because he gives us strength. That almost seems contradictory, doesn't it? We seek refuge when we are feeling weak. If the psalm doesn't say we hide in him and then he strengthens us, God isn't a charging station like an electric car needs. Both things are true. He is our refuge. He is our strength. Wherever we go, we are protected. And by the Spirit dwelling within us, we are strengthened to honor Him. Martin Luther understood why we need both, a place to feel secure and a place to walk out in strength. That is our Lord. The first verse of A Mighty Fortress mentions food, mortal ills, and our ancient foe. Against all of these, our Lord is a mighty fortress, a refuge and strength. We may face a flood of opposition. The Lord is still there, though. Our bodies are frail. They waste away. But the Lord is still there. Satan seeks to derail us at every turn. Yet the Lord is there, our refuge, our strength. Therefore, we need not be afraid. The earth might give way. The sea can rage. Everything around us can be chaos. Yet the Lord is there for us, our refuge, our strength, our mighty fortress. Psalm 46 goes on, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. When Martin Luther wrote A Mighty Fortress, he was thinking of the Lord in his splendor and majesty. That mighty fortress, unassailable by any outside forces, unconquerable. And he was reflecting on Psalm 46, the holy place where the Most High dwells. It's a place of perfect serenity, a perfect city. God dwells there. And Jesus spoke about this place. It is the place he will bring us to when he returns. Wherever the Lord is, that place will not fall. That place cannot falter. The author of Psalm 46 may have been thinking of Jerusalem, the holy city that somehow withstood the mighty siege of King Sennacherib in the 8th century B.C. The Lord was there. He was at work. Martin Luther didn't have a city like that exactly in mind when he wrote A Mighty Fortress. He was thinking about what makes that city possible. 
And it is the Lord Jesus who makes it possible. From age to age, he is the same. He is with us. And because he is with us, he alone can secure our peace. And that's what the last few verses of Psalm 46 tell us. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. What a beautiful invitation. Come and see. Come and see what he has done. In the time of the Old Testament, he routed armies for his people. He cured them of sickness. He led them from slavery in Egypt. He protected them from powerful enemies. When Christ came, he conquered sin for us. He forgave us. He conquered the grave by means of his resurrection. Just like the Lord secured the peace of his people before Christ, he secures our peace now. And Jesus gives us a promise. My peace I leave with you. He gave us peace. Peace with one another. Peace with the Lord. No more sin. No more guilt nor condemnation. That's the good news that we have in Jesus. And Martin Luther was no stranger to that good news. It was the gospel that sparked his push for reformation in the first place. He knew this peace firsthand. It was once he finally understood the good news that Christ had secured our peace with the Lord, he found the strength he needed to live his life to the glory of God. The declaration and promise in Psalm 46.10 kept Martin Luther grounded. Be still, be still and know that I am God. That's the first part. And that's usually where we stop. It's a call for quietness before the Lord. A call to simply stop and reflect on the Lord. But that's not where the verse ends. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's the full line. And it is so important. We stop because the Lord doesn't need our help. He will be exalted in the earth, not us. We stop and let him work. We reflect on all the wonderful things that he has done for us, how he has saved us from our sin and continued to protect us day by day. And we remember this promise. He will be exalted. No matter what this world does to us, no matter the opposition that we might face, the Lord will be exalted and he will continue to be with us. And it's with that promise that we can sing along to the final lines of this most powerful hymn by Martin Luther, The Body They May Kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Amen.
of King's College, Cambridge, Sir Stephen Cleobury, and a stand-up version of A Mighty Fortress here on Haven Today, a program called How Great Thou Art. Earlier we heard Robert Morgan share some of the history behind Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress, and listening to Rob, I was reminded what a master storyteller he is, and that really comes across as you read through his book called Then Sings My Soul. The story is behind 150 hymns that he's collected to remind us of God's mighty hand in history. And I so appreciate how Rob has included the sheet music on the left side and the devotional on the right to help lead you into some precious time with the Lord this summer. I'd like to invite you to visit our website right now and take a look at Then Sings My Soul by Robert Morgan. But then make your gift there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or you can call us right now. And the number to call is 800 
865 Haven. 865 Haven. And now let me just mention with an invitation that you pray about becoming a Haven partner if you aren't already. That's someone who prays regularly and gives automatically monthly to partner with us to share this great story about Jesus and his being a mighty fortress for us. Well, we have some wonderful benefits and gifts for those who sign up. You can learn more about becoming a Haven partner when you call 800-65-HAVEN or learn more online at our website, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me, as well as Rob Morgan. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again together, we'll share the great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are addicted to glory, aren't we? The biggest superstars sell out their stadiums and even cause entire websites to crash because of how many people want to see them. The Super Bowl and the biggest sporting events draw millions of eyes, and we can't stop talking about the amazing sights we've seen. Celebrities have become icons. But listen to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians, let no one glory in people. People at the end of the day are just that, people, made in the image of God, yet sinful. People are amazing, but they're just people. Only the Lord is worthy of our worship and our praise. In Christ alone, we find glory. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchored.com.